In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christos enisti, alitos enisti. This is the third Sunday after the Holy Resurrection, uh, after which we, we at the, in the church um, celebrate the Holy 50 Days. And during this joyful time, we look forward to the Ascension of Christ and the Feast of the Pentecost as well. Today's reading is about the divine encounter between Christ and the Samaritan woman. We read that the story of the Samaritan woman, who by the way is called Saint Futini, uh, although her name is not mentioned in the gospels, we know her name through holy tradition. Um, we read this story three times on Sundays throughout the church calendar throughout the year. Once during the fourth Sunday of Lent, which we did a few weeks ago. Uh, one on Pentecost during the third prostration prayer, which we will in a few weeks. And one today during the Holy 50 days. We're about halfway between the resurrection feast, which we celebrated uh, a few weeks ago, and the ascension of Christ to heaven, which uh, is coming up. So around noon, as the story goes, uh, which describes Christ leaving Judea and heading towards Galilee. Judea is on the south and Galilee is on the north. And he's traveling north um, and he arrives th there in, uh, in a city called Sekor, in a city, one of the cities of Samaria. He um, arrives there around noon when the sun was at its sharpest, right, right in the middle of the sky. The distance was approximately 20 miles. So given the average speed of a person who walks about three miles per hour, he must have left Judea around 5 a.m. So after walking, waking up early in the morning, walking for about seven hours, arriving at noon when the sun was sharping, sharpest and most unforgiving, he arrived at the well of Jacob. This saint of his from the Old Testament, whom he honors uh, by his name, saint, uh, you know, Jacob, Jacob the prophet, the patriarch, and he arrives at his well. So there the Bible says Christ was wearied. He was very tired after, of course, walking for such a long distance, uh, non-stop uh, all, all morning and arriving at noon. Uh, because being tired, of course, is a quality of the human nature. And we know that he was full, fully human just as we are except for sin. Therefore, the one who possesses all power and is the strength of everyone, as it were, became tired for, our, for the sake of this Samaritan woman. So here in today's story, we see the one who possesses all this power and strength. He became tired and thirsty, suffering, just to reach the Samaritan woman, to have a conversation with her and to transform her and that little city uh, in a remarkable way. But if we look at the condition of the Samaritan woman, we realize that it was a really difficult one. She was sinful, you know, having five husbands uh, and the one she was with was not her husband. Uh, she was likely in despair, uh, de you know, very depressed. Uh, she was very alone in the world. Uh, she was living in shame and she was probably being ridiculed by the community that she was living in. She was struggling in faith and theology, which uh, some of her comments suggested. Uh, when we look a little bit about the history of the Samaritans, we know that the Samaritans were from the northern tribes after the um, separation of uh, the, uh, Israel, after Solomon. And the Samaritans, we read uh, in the Old Testament, they departed from the faith and at one point even worshiped foreign gods. Um, they, they worshiped idols. And so she believed, though, that the Messiah was going to come. But however, did she believe that he would come from the descendants of Judah and from the line of David, which is from a different line than Samaria? 
she was a Samaritan, so that she wasn't part of that line. Also, she couldn't worship in Jerusalem and, you know, conduct the sacrifices that were commanded by uh, Moses. And, um, you know, that must have been very uh, like a challenge in the faith of the Samaritans uh, with the sacrifices being so essential. And she mentioned that in her dialogue with the Savior. When we go back to the Old Testament and read Ezra chapter 4, we, we see that the Samaritans even offered to help rebuild the temple after they returned from exile. But the tribe of Judah rejected them to help. They said, no thanks, we don't need your help. We're going to do this on our own. So they were forced to worship on the mountain that the Samaritan woman mentioned in today's reading. So she was from a rejected community. The Israel, Israel the, um, you know, the, the people from Israel hated her uh, with a fierce hatred and hated the Samaritans. They wouldn't even touch them. And anything that had to do with them, they considered if they came into contact with the Samaritans, that they would be defiled. So she was from a rejected community and that community rejected her. So she was in a very difficult situation and, and she had some major internal struggles that she was wrestling with not to mention her sins and her uh, lifestyle, which was not pleasing to God. But Christ knew all of this, and he knew all of her shortcomings. He knew all of her doubts, her despair, and feelings of rejection. She was not in a good place. Yet, she, yet Christ himself suffered to reach her and to encounter her and give her the good news of the gospel, that he would make all things new and that he would start her life over again that all who wanted to be healed and all who have thirst and hunger for righteousness would receive it through faith. All who want forgiveness will receive it and desire for with a desire for repentance. That access to God was through worship and spirit and truth as we read today, making the faith universal, not for the Samaritans or Jews or certain people, but for all peoples during all times and for our, all cultures. And that was the good news for her. The transformation of the Samaritan woman was remarkable. Once that good news was perceived, she couldn't contain herself. She was so full of joy that she left her water pot, her possessions, and she went and preached the good news to the rest of the city of Sikra. She became like on fire, uh, ablaze with, with her holy zeal after encountering Christ. We know, of course, that her name is Saint Fotini, which means enlightened. She became enlightened uh, through that slow transformation that we read um, and we talked about during Lent when we read uh, the same story, um, she slowly became from one who was truly ignorant about the truth of the gospel to being enlightened about who Christ was. And she w and went and became an evangelist, as it were, uh, of that small city. And many there believed after encountering Christ for themselves. She was in many ways the first evangelist of the New Testament era. What a great honor that she received from Christ. In a way, the Samaritan woman embodies the whole human race that Christ suffered for us to reach us, right? He suffered the same way he suffered to reach the Samaritan woman and to renew her and to change her life. Christ suffered for our sake as well, um, being in the human nature and suffering for our sake um, and coming for us. This was, of course, called the, what's called the divine economy or the divine plan of our salvation, God's divine plan. And as it is in the part, 
so uh, which we read today the part of the story of the samaritan woman as it is in the part so it is in the whole um god's economy or plan for salvation of the entire human race he took our weakness in the human nature and gave us the characteristics of his divine nature that he humbles himself for our sake taking the weakness of our human nature and given us the glory and the power and the strength of his divinity just like in the story of saint fatini the only solution um, for her was that christ were to suffer to reach her and talk to her face to face it was critical that christ go through this emptying this humbleness this um this sacrifice and endurance in in um in his in his uh sacrifices that he made for us that um he does so in our human nature it was critical that he does that for our salvation he needed to live among us to follow the laws to live a sinless life to teach us that we can hear him um, to perform miracles that we can see with our own eyes it was critical that he was born to enter into egypt to be baptized by john the baptist wash the feet of the disciples transfigure before the apostles to go through the passion that he went through and to be sacrificed on the cross and to resurrect on the third day to show himself to thomas and to ascend to heaven and all the other amazing things that he did in the flesh that we were witnesses of through the apostles he needed to do this in our human nature as he was also divine and because of that union with his divinity and, and our fallen humanity he lifts it up to something incomparably better i want to read for you a little uh, passage from saint gregory the theologian's uh, writings it's he put it so nicely he says saint gregory says he was born but he had been begotten he was wrapped in swaddling clothes when he was born but he took off the swathing bands by the grave by his rising again he was laid in a manger but he was glorified by the angels proclaimed by a star and worshiped by the magi he was driven to exile into egypt but he drove away the egyptian idols he hungered but he fed thousands yes he is the bread of life that gives life that is from heaven like we talked about last week he thirsted but he cries if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink yes as we ready as we read today he promised that the fountain should flow from them that believe he prays but he hears prayers he weeps and he causes tears to cease he is sold and a very cheap for his only for 30 pieces of silver but he redeems the world and that at a great price for the price was his own blood he dies but he gives life and by his death he destroys death he is buried but he rises again he goes down into Hades, but he brings up the souls and ascends to heaven. As it is in the part, the story of St. Fatini that we read today, so it is in the whole, the story of all of humanity. So let's return to another small part that is equal to the whole. That small part, which is equal to the whole, is us. This is what Christ did during his stay on earth, including his encounter with St. Fatini, that what he continues to do even today with us he takes our weakness and transforms it to something much better something that you can't even compare with for example do we struggle in faith is some other doctrine troubling us other um other you know offer offer this sacrifice to christ just like saint fatini did to the lord offer this um this struggle that we're going through in faith to the lord and he will give us a re in return 
a deep reassurance of doctrine and faith and, and belief. Study and ask Christ to help. Um, he who opened the scriptures for the two disciples on their way to the, on the road to Emmaus will do the same for us. Ask though with a determination that what God reveals to you will be accepted by you. You have to have that determination when we ask. As St. James says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, he who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. He takes our ignorance of scripture and reveals the true meaning of scripture. Just like St. Fatini, is our life in chaos? Do all the things around us kind of seem to be falling apart? Do we regret the decisions that, and the consequences that we made in the past and those consequences that we bear today? Are our relationships broken? We can offer that to Christ as well in prayer and at the altar and he who calmed the storms for the disciples and St. Fatini will also give calm to our life. In Philippians, St. Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do we struggle with sin like St. Fatini? The sins of the past, the sins of the present, our lack of confidence regarding us being overcoming any kind of sins in the future, um, we can offer that to Christ as well, and who forgave the sinful woman who wept at his feet and who also accepted St. Fatini and many others. He knows us through and through. He, knows, he knew St. Fatini before he traveled so far to reach her. With all the weaknesses and sins and desires that are still in us and all of our shortcomings, he still wants us to return to him because he loves us in an amazing way that we cannot describe, even with all of our shortcomings. Do we struggle with the memory of those who have hurt us? And, and many do struggle with this. And, you know, the, the one thing that kind of hinder us to going to God sometimes is our, um, our inability to kind of let go of the things that we, um, people have done for us. We can offer that to Christ as well. And he will take our hate and give us love and sacrifice in return. He may even remind us that at times we may have hurt others in the past. And that also helps in the healing process when we remember that, you know, there could be other people out there that we have made to stumble and cannot go to Christ because they're so engulfed in bitterness because of something we've done. And, you know, we pray for those people too, as well as we pray uh, for the people who have offended us. As in the story of St. Fatini, once she realized God's love and forgiveness, the thing that she showed was care for others. Care for the same people that probably ridiculed her and held her in shame and um, isolated her because of her lifestyle. The first thing she did is leave her water pot and go and preach to those same people. Those same people who shunned and ridiculed her, she went and spoke to them. She cared about them. That's the transformation that happened in St. Fatini's life. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ, she told them. God's love for us and towards us makes us full and content and gives us a perspective 
that if someone hurts us, that they have taken nothing of value from us and that God has given us all things that are valuable. We have everything that is full and secure for us in Christ. All things that are in fullness and security and that is of value we receive from Christ. Um, and also we remember that he will defend us uh, if needed, like a bear robbed of her cubs if anything does, uh, if anyone does uh, wrong us. So we have to remember and pray for those who have wronged us. Do we have fear? Is there a giant Goliath before us waiting to overcome us with um, all worldly strength? Is our enemy the devil roaring at us like a lion seeking to devour us? We can offer that fear to Christ as well. And he will give us the courage of a thousand times ten thousands of roaring lions uh, to overcome our enemy. In Isaiah chapter 41, as well as many other verses in the Bible that give us comfort and courage, he says, For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I love uh, the quote by St. Augustine that says, I sat on top of the world the day I felt within me that I feared nothing. We can have that kind of courage if we offer our fear to Christ. He takes our fear, he takes all of our shortcomings, and he gives us things that are much better. We can encounter the person of Christ just like those who did during his ministry, just like St. Fatini, while he was accomplishing the salvation of the world. We can because... The Holy Spirit is inside of us. So it's no surprise, therefore, that the church put the reading of the Samaritan woman in the Holy 50 Days, causing great anticipation of the water that Christ was offering that he promised would send. Uh, of course, that water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he says that it is the gift from God, not a gift, but the gift of God. And during this time of the Holy 50 Days, we remember uh, with the disciples in the, trans the transforming power of the resurrection, the joy of the presence of Christ that the apostles felt while they, like we read today in Acts, that they ate and drank with him after his resurrection. And in the anticipation of the Holy Spirit. So it's a trifold type of joy that we remember the power and the overcoming of death. And if our enemy, the greatest enemy, death being overcome, that gives us great joy. And what is there in the world left for us not to overcome? And then the joy of being present with Christ, like the apostles had. And on top of that, one more joy of the anticipation of receiving the Holy Spirit, um, like the excitement of a child on the way to like an amusement park uh, to meet some friends. Uh, some of you who have kids know this, or maybe you can remember your childhood if it's not too far away. Uh, you remember the joy of going to somewhere was actually equal to then actually arriving at that place. In the same way, the, the apostles were joyful in great anticipation of receiving the Holy Spirit, that the gift of God that was promised to the apostles. So we remember the time between the resurrection and the promise and the anticipation of the Holy Spirit. It's a great and joyous time. We received it, of course, the, we received the Holy Spirit when we were baptized through the anointing of the Holy Myrun oil of the hand of the priest. And we don't have to look far from the Lord for the Lord. We know that Christ is inside of us. And whenever we need him, we don't have to look to that mountain or to this uh, hill or to that temple. We know that Christ is inside of us. 
and we don't have to look far. And that is a great comfort and great power. So when Christ told St. Fatini at the end of their conversation, kind of putting a seal of that conversion and that uh, divine conversation, I who speak to you am he. When he says, I who speak to you am he, he tells us the same. But he tells us this amazing um, revelation of who he is. He tells it to us on a much more intimate level. He says it inside of us. I who speak to you am he. And this is a powerful uh, relationship that we have with God, that he is inside of us and that he walks with us and always attends to us in everything we need. And we should never, ever feel that God is far from us. No matter what sin, no matter what situation or challenge we're going through, he is there with us. Um, and he will there, be there with us carrying whatever cross we're facing. So may the gladness and peace and the assurance and the power of the resurrection be with us all. And may we hear that blessed voice saying, I who speak to you am he, to whom be glory forever. Amen.